all right after a long time another episode <laughs> I, i i got bogged down with the stalin episode there's so much stuff i want to make it a little different episode i just don't want to make it like just a biography episode there are many myths surrounding stalin's soviet union that i want to discuss and maybe even debunk maybe i'm wrong about those myths maybe those myths are actually correct but i don't know i wanted a truly in-depth discussion about those about what i call those myths and that's why it's taking a lot longer than expected but meanwhile there's two new chapters of boruto and dragon ball super so i'll discuss this while drinking this weird mixture of chocolate milk and coffee that tastes like dirt still delicious though so first we start with dragon ball super chapter 83 so this is the flashback that goku is having from from the last chapter this is the flashback so bardock's fight with gas continues monato wants bardock to escape and he's trying to get him to leave the planet but bardock is not monato summons dragon that the same dragon that granola summoned the dragon's name is toronbo it's weird like shenron and porunga they were great toronbo eh? he summons the dragon to teleport bardock to planet vegeta but bardock refuses this is this is the one inconsistency maybe that i have with dragon ball so dragon ball series in general like goku refuses to be teleported back after the uh, namek saga the frieza saga and bardock is refusing here but all those namekians and vegeta who were evacuated by teleporting them from namek that was about to be destroyed to planet earth they didn't give explicit consent to be teleported and but somehow bardock and goku have refused and in this case bardock refuses and he continues to fight gas despite gas having upper hand monato thinks that bardock is fighting as some noble thing and he is trying to protect them or whatever and bardock thinks monato is wishing on a shooting star and he wishes his sons would try which is a nice touch sons he says not just goku not just radit but his sons and uh, radit didn't exactly thrive but goku did so maybe it worked out the other other hitters elek and all those whatever their names are i forgot they they see dragon balls going away and they they see they think they are shooting stars monato says to himself that he was wrong and a selfish wish would bring doom gas is beating bardock and then he rips his tail gas is about to kill bardock with a spear but monato saves him by taking the spear taking as in he comes in between the bardock and spear and 
Jas is now angry because both Bardock and Monaito keep fighting instead of surrendering. Jas grabs Bardock by his neck and then Bardock uses his energy and starts fighting with just a lot more motivation and enthusiasm all of a sudden. Gas is curious about Bardock's motivation. Is it protecting Monaito and Granola? Is it revenge? No. Bardock says he won't stop fighting without victory. Gas clearly does not understand that because Gas does not have that warrior spirit of Saiyans. Bardock is stronger now because of Saiyan's ability to improve during fights. Meanwhile, Ilek, who's watching their fight, says he went and let his inner nature lo lose. He's talking about gas. And then Bardock ends the fight with a blast. And then both gas and Bardock fall down. Ilek asks Bardock whether he knows what Frieza is planning. Then he hints at a meteor hitting the Saiyan planet. Which is nice continuity there. Elek then hits Bardock with his gun, which is which he really likes to do. He really likes to hit people with his gun. And then he does escape. Monaito, who has recovered somewhat, starts healing Bardock. So there's no grander motivation or some special technique that Bardock has that he uses to beat gas. It feels underwhelming, but I think this is more consistent with themes of Dragon Ball fighting for sake of fighting. In the end of Buu Saga, Vegeta acknowledges Goku by saying he fights to improve himself, he fights to enjoy, because for the sake of fight. Bardock here is also fighting to win. This is supposed to be the lesson that Goku needs, the theme of this saga, to continue to fight till he wins. Which is somewhat Goku has been lack lacking. Now, other, other times, Goku has had this motivation to continue to fight because maybe his friends are in danger. Maybe his, his planet or universe is in danger. But here... Oh. But here, he's fighting to win. That's it. And he has to fight to win. This chapter was more of an exposition dump but I think it what uh, reading this chapter was a lot better than some of the previous chapters that's pretty much it next we have Boruto chapter 69 so this Boruto chapter 69 was released on April 20th which is written as 420 in America <laughs> Amado is, he's terrified to see Ada and Shikamaru sees that. He notices that. Delta attacks Ada and he f and she flashes her. There's, there's a lot of subtle dirty scenes between Ada and Delta. And eventually Delta is paralyzed. Not in like, not in this weird, not in the traditional paralysis way, but in this weird way. And then we, then the scene switches to Sasuke and Boruto. Sasuke asks Boruto to forgive him for not being there. Sasuke then says Kawaki shouldn't have been the one to bear the burden, to bear the responsibility of killing Boruto if Boruto goes out of control or Momoshiki takes over. The village doesn't trust Kawaki 
but Sasuke should be the only one that village should hit. That is the Sasuke's opinion. Boruto says he asked Kawaki because they are brothers. Sasuke says, brothers, huh? He's obviously thinking about Naruto. Boruto then tries to return Sasuke's headband, but Sasuke tells him to keep it. Sasuke then says, I might be the one having to show his resolve next. It's ominous. Sarada and Mitsuki are watching Boruto and Sasuke, wondering what they're talking about. Mitsuki then says, he doesn't know what he'll, he would do to someone who tries to kill Boruto. And Mitsuki apologizes, saying that came out sounding disturbed. Sarada contemplates her helplessness, which she might have inherited from her mother. And Mitsuki asks her whether she likes Boruto. Sarada tries to deflect that. So, she likes Boruto? She doesn't like Boruto? What is it? Mitsuki and Sarada decide to get stronger. They want to get to Otsusuki level. Which is a nice touch for manga. Because Boruto and Kawaki are just on a whole new level. And the enemies they are fighting. Even they have pushed themselves. Boruto and Kawaki to, to fight those enemies. And, and Sarada and Mitsuki, they need to get stronger if they want to be relevant. Kawaki wakes up in the hospital and Naruto is just there. Naruto is there just like the first time. Naruto asks Sumire to give them a minute. But before she leaves, Kawaki asks Naruto if Naruto will condemn him for killing Boruto. And Sumire hears that. Naruto tells him Boruto survived. Naruto says that both he and Boruto are grateful to Kawaki for taking on the painful role. Their conversation is interrupted by Eno telling them about code and one other person entering the village. She's talking to both Naruto and Sasuke. Sasuke tells Boruto and they leave. Naruto leaves without asking Kawaki, without taking him in. But Kawaki is most likely going to fall. Shikamaru has trapped Ada using his shadow paralysis jutsu. Ada is surprised that he attacked her. Shikamaru is feeling fever. He asks Ino to link him or link his brain to Amado's brain. Amado then tells them about Ada. Ada can chant everyone regardless of their gender, which is why Delta falls for Ada. There's a panel there. She's so cute or whatever. Different people feel different symptoms. Headache, vertigo, impaired judgment, stiffened, stiffened muscles. Amado tells Shikamaru Delta is completely enchanted. Even Ada cannot control this ability and the enchantment effect will last till she dies. Naruto, Naruto. Shikamaru tries to attack Ada but she tells him to relax. Shikamaru says if he lets, if he lets his guard down, he'll just give in. And he'll be like Delta. That's the he, he doesn't say he'll be like Delta, but that's that's what happened to him. Amado says his body will reject his thought of killing her. Quit fighting, he says, or else you might damage your mind. Shikamaru is thinking that even Naruto and Sasuke wouldn't stand a chance against her, and Code will kill them. Code grabs Amado. He starts torturing Amado. Amado says to Shikamaru that he's not like them, and he'll break easily. Shikamaru asks Ada why she is helping Code. Ada tells him she doesn't care about Code. She tells him 
She likes Kawaki and then she blushes. Both Kor and Amado, they hear that. Shikamaru tells Eno to change the locks to their room and asks her to stall the backup, stall others. Ada thinks he judged her as being foolish. Shikamaru says he was just surprised and he has a proposition. Shikamaru asks her to switch sides and afterwards she can tell Kawaki how she feels. And the, and the chapter ends with Kor saying, What? Overall, I think this chapter was extremely entertaining. There were many subtle dirty jokes. The alliance between Ada and Code will most likely break down in the next few chapters. Does Sarada like Boruto? I think author is testing Boruto against Sarada and Sumerian by dropping hints through Mitsuko, seeing the community response. Do you like Sarada and Boruto or do you like Boruto and Sumire? I like the ominous line of Sasuke saying, I might be the one having to show his resolve next. So Sasuke's death is close, considering very beginning of series. In the very beginning of series, Boruto has Sasuke's cloak and sword. Shikamaru tells Ino to stall others. But Naruto and Boruto, Naruto or Boruto, they'll make some, some stupid mistake of entering that room by force and interfere with Shikamaru's negotiations. I think I think I will be really depressed if Kaaki's downfall happens because of Ada. Obito turned out to be a simp and in the first chapter Kaaki felt like the next generation Obito when he declared the age of Shinobi is over. This should not happen. Please please God. <laughs> Next, Elon Musk buying Twitter. I missed out on Will Smith snap slapping Chris Rock, but I don't want to miss out on this. What's interesting to me is the reaction of Western media on Elon Musk's Twitter acquisition idea compared to media purchases of other billionaires. Sure, there were media publications like Jeff Bezos has Washington Post, uh, Mark Benioff has Time Magazine. Twitter is more of a communication platform than media publishing platform or media publisher rather and twit sure Twitter that makes this acquisition or this idea acqui acquisition idea a little different than others but social media platforms are already billionaire owned there are major shareholders in companies. Facebook is a public company, but Mark Zuckerberg owns like 51% of voting power in the shareholders. Like, I think I think I remember it, it being 51%. So Mark Zuckerberg can basically do what he wants, which is a smart idea because that's that's one thing that happens with, with shareholders and all that, which is not. I think this is a smart idea. But, well, a lot of people said that we shouldn't be rely, relying on billionaires to be our saviors. True, but if governments and bureaucracies aren't going to make these changes that increase the power for common people, people will follow promises of billionaires. Blaming common people for looking up to billionaires as saviors is not a problem 
but the symptom of a problem, that problem being the failures of major governments to regulate properly. So even if Elon fails to bring free speech on Twitter, how bad is it going to be compared to what we have now? Not ter- not that terrible. What's Elon Musk's hidden agenda? Marketing, of course. Tesla doesn't engage in marketing. Elon's Twitter account is good enough. It is more effective than buying ads in corporate media. But when censorship ramped up on Twitter, including banning former President of United States, Donald Trump, banning people for sharing ideas about COVID-19 that later turned out to be true. Elon Elon probably decided to protect Tesla and SpaceX marketing department, which is his Twitter account. I think that's what it is. Now, while I was just writing this, I saw that China has made some kind of deal with Solomon Islands. So we'll check that out together. I don't have any notes. But I think we should check that out together. So, So what are Solomon Islands? Solomon Islands is a country in the Oceania continent near Australia and New Zealand. My wife is wrong. And there was some kind of deal between these countries like, to not sign some kind of military pact with outside countries. And what happened there is Australia signed deals with United States. First with AUKUS, that is Australia, UK and United States. And then there was then there was deal with India, Japan, USA and Australia called Quad. And Australia has shown some kind of double standard. Yeah, this is an article on Reuters. China said on Tuesday it has signed it had signed a security pact with Solomon Islands, a move set to heighten concerns of United States and allies, Australia and New Zealand about growing Chinese influence. In a region traditionally under this way. However, Solomon Island officials earlier appeared to suggest no agreement had yet been signed. Douglas E. Tay, chairman of Parliament's Public Accounts Committee, told fellow lawmakers that Chinese officials would arrive in mid-May to sign Corporation Pact. Cooperation Pact. Prime Minister Manasse Sogaware told Parliament that a proposed security agreement would not include a Chinese military base. It is said, agreements would increase cooperation on trade, education and fisheries, but that he opposed the idea of allowing China to establish a military base. In Washington, the White House, which is sending high-level U.S. delegations to Solomon's capital, Honiara, this week, said it was concerned about lack of transparency and unspecified nature of pact, 
Australian officials said China appeared to want to preempt the arrival of United U.S. delegation Honaira, which the U.S. which the White House said would discuss concerns about China as well as the reopening of U.S. embassy. I think China's done a good move. Like fuck CCP, fuck Winnie the Pooh, but this this was a smart move. If if the agreement has been signed, I think this is was this is a very good move. If the agreement is signed in terms of international geopolitics, because the, because the Quad has surrounded China in Pacific, and it has caught somewhat cornered China in Pacific, and. Signing a pact with country that is near Australia. Australia doesn't have like strong military. They lost war to Ebens, but that was hundred years ago, which is funny. But 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 they, but Australia does is not known for its military power. China is close to Japan and India. United States is just far away, and China would have to sign a deal with Mexico or Cuba, more likely Cuba, to come up with something similar to co- to counter the Quad, and they will have to sign deals with some of these islands, which include Solomon Islands, if they want to counter Australia. I think geopolitical scene is heating up. Right now, and it's makes me excited, which is weird. Like I hate, I hate, I hate China, but this game, like this chess pieces, or all these geopolitical game, like this chess pieces, they make me excited. I don't know why. So, what are Australian concerns? Canberra. It's concerned that the pact would could be a step towards Chinese military presence, less than two thousand kilometers, twelve hundred miles from Australia's shore. Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said Australia was deeply disappointed and continued to seek details of the terms of the agreement, noting that signing had been announced by China. She also expressed concern about lack of transparency. Said the pact had potential to undermine stability in our region. Like I said, there was some kind of agreement between these countries to not sign a military deal or security deal, but then Australia signed and joined AUKUS and then Quad, which was a direct violation of the, that kind that agreement. And Solomon Islands, it it has population less than one million, and it doesn't doesn't matter like that much. To like yeah, we want to we want to improve that island or whatever. We want to invest in that. It's one hundred percent military strategy. It's definitely a geopolitical strategy, and nothing else. We are now. A different side. Yeah, so they are trying to figure out what's going on, and 
China's Wang accused Western powers of deliberately exaggerating tensions over the pact. Security cooperation between China and Solomon Islands is normal exchange and cooperation between two sovereign and independent countries. True, but yeah, it's really weird. Solomon Islands only recognized Beijing in 2019 after switching its ties from Taiwan. The self-governing island China considers a breakaway province. Surging unemployment and opposition to Sogawa's leadership has sparked mass unrest in the country. In November, protesters tried to storm the parliament during several days of deadly rioting. U.S. to reopen Solomon Islands embassy amid moves to counter China. So I think this was a good move. Good move, Winnie the Pooh. And that's it for today.